This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you're meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving into nutrition. And my goal and intention of this episode is to do one thing and one thing only, is to simplify nutrition for you. There is so much information out there and diets and influencers sharing this, that, and the other of what to do to lose weight or be healthy. And it really isn't that complicated, but I understand where we can experience this analysis paralysis because we're literally inundated with information every second of every day. And as a dietitian, as a performance coach, it truly is one of my missions to simplify nutrition, make it easy for you to understand, to integrate, because eating healthy, being healthy really doesn't have to be complicated. And I truly believe that these nine principles of nutrition that I'm going to be sharing with you are the key to simplifying nutrition and really being able to be healthy for the long term. Really deconstructing any of the complicated notions and information that we've been given, it could all be stripped away into these nine principles. And I'm really excited to share them with you. These concepts, I truly believe that when followed, will help you create more balanced and enjoyable meals without guilt or stress that is usually associated with eating healthy. So there's no need to waste time. Let's dive in. My one request is for you to take away one of the principles, at least, that you can integrate right now after this episode into your next meal, into whatever it is you're going to be eating, so that you can really take action. Because again, information is just information, but applied information is the key to transformation. And I really want to invite you and encourage you to use the information that I'm sharing with you today to start taking action in your life because they're really simple but powerful switches and integrations that are going to change the game for you when it comes to your relationship with food and the goals that you have. So let's dive in. Principle number one is eat balanced meals. A concept I talk about often that I created is the balanced meal guidelines. And it's really simple. 
It's simply creating meals that include protein, carbs, fat, and fiber, which I consider vegetables, at each of your main meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This format ensures that you are getting all the nutrients that you need to perform mentally and physically at your best. I've said it before, and I, I will say it again, macronutrients are nutrients that are le- needed in large amounts in the body. So if you're experimenting with keto and low carb, or you're scared to eat fat, this really needs to go. Because we need all of these food groups in order for us to function at our highest capacity. And the easiest way to do that without getting into macro tracking or specifics or numbers, because people can have distorted relationships with those things, which cause them to not want to follow through with it and therefore not really be able to reach their goals and develop a healthy relationship with food and their body in the process. So just stick to the balanced meal guidelines. What I like to do is literally as I'm creating a meal or if I'm going out to a restaurant, I keep this in the forefront of my mind. I focus on these four food groups and just when I'm ordering out, then I make sure that I have all four food groups accounted for. If I'm creating a meal from scratch from home, I'm going to do the same thing. And this ensures that I know and I can kind of go to sleep rest assured that I'm fueling my body with what it needs and I'm creating balanced meals, which means balanced meals in is a balanced body. So the balanced meal guidelines if you can visualize this, is half of your plate, you want to stick to vegetables. They're high in nutrient density, low in calories, lots of fiber. They help to add volume to the meal, which keeps you fuller longer and optimizes your digestion. On the other half of the plate, you're going to divide that into thirds, one for your protein, one for your starchy carbs, and one for your fat. That's a simple guideline that's really easy. It's an easy visual for you to take away, and you can do this on your plate, right? So you don't need any crazy mathematics. Just focus on this visual. Focus on the balanced meal guidelines, and this is why it's principle number one because it's such a potent, it's such a potent piece of information that if you integrate, you're going to see life-changing levels of energy, digestion, mood, performance, This is a golden nugget I'm giving you here, okay? So do this one. Don't skip it. Principle number two is nutrient timing or meal timing. And this is definitely more of a sports application or more advanced nutrition, if you will. But nutrient timing involves eating foods at strategic times in order to achieve certain outcomes. So this varies per person, but generally, if you're eating three wholesome, balanced meals per day, spaced four to five hours apart, plus a pre or post-workout snack, depending on, again, your individual schedule. This is going to support you in having sustainable energy, improving your digestive health, and optimizing your metabolism. It's really important that I note again that this is going to be based off your schedule. So the specific times that you do this is on an individual basis. And this is what I support athletes with inside our performance blueprint program, because we go deep into their schedule and give them custom recommendations to start with. And we obviously use their body feedback that their body presents to them to make those adjustments where needed. But the principle of nutrient timing is really important. Here's the thing. The body doesn't like erratic behavior. The body doesn't like unpredictability. It likes predictability and it likes rhythm. 
And we get to create that through timing, eating in specific intervals, not because we have to, not because, you know, the science does back it, but not because of that. It's really to have the mindset of you get to feel good and have sustainable energies. And that is the intention that I want you to have when integrating this, not doing it because Natalie said per se, but doing it because, oh, wow, this is going to help me in feeling good in my body. And when I feel good in my body, whatever happens after that is icing on the cake and it's going to improve the quality of my life and the quality of my performance. And that's our goal. Principle number three is add color to your meals. This is such an easy one. The next few are really, really easy and are going to astronomically improve the experience of your meals. So principle number three is add color to your meals. We've all heard the concept of eat the rainbow, and this holds true. Different colored fruits and veggies offer specific nutrients and vitamins, and by incorporating these various colors into your meals throughout the day and throughout the week, you're not only expanding your nutrient profile, but you also benefit from a more visually appealing plate. This is really important because it matters that what we see needs to look good for us to eat. And there is science behind this because there's arguments that say digestion really starts with our eyes as well as our nose, right? So what we smell, but also what we see. So we all know this to be true. When you see something visually appealing at the store or at a restaurant, you're like, oh, wow, right? All of a sudden you get this like perk and this pep in your step of like, mm, that sounds really good. I really like that. And so you can create that for yourself by adding color to your meals, adding life and vibrancy to your meals really will change the game for you and enhance your experience with what you're eating. Now, the principle number four that I'm going to share with you is adding texture to your meals. Texture is important to the enjoyment and acceptability of foods. So eating a balanced meal of all the same texture can be off-putting. And we know this to be true, right? If everything was maybe mush, we generally don't like that. We like to experience other things with our meal. And there's a reason for that because we really enjoy the different things that the, the crunchiness and the soft and the fibrous bring to the table because it adds to the dynamism of the meal and it makes it more than one dimension, which increases the experience of that meal. So incorporating various textures like creaminess, smoothness, crunchiness, hardness, soft, fibrous, chewy, cakey, you're enhancing the experience of eating. So don't be afraid to add texture to your meals. And what you can do is your next meal assess, what is the texture of this meal? How can I add a different element to it to create more dynamics to enhance my experience eating this? Now, principle number five is a little bit of an offshoot similar to the, the last two, but we're specifically speaking to adding variety to your meals. So obviously if you are adding color and texture to your meals and you haven't done that before, that's adding some type of variety. But in this example, I'm speaking to specific foods. So if you're sticking to the same food all the time, you are really limiting yourself to what's out there. 
But instead of, for instance, eating the same green vegetable all the time, experiment with changing your green out every week, aka adding variety. This not only gives you more variety of nutrients, but it prevents meals from being boring and repetitive. And that's really important because if you desire to be excited about eating, it's important that it's not just the same thing, right? And an example I want to give here that is like notorious, mostly in the bodybuilding world, but definitely as an athlete in general, everybody knows, you know, broccoli, chicken, and rice to be that boring meal. And it is boring when you eat it every single day and you don't add any variety. So a quick way to add variety to something like that is maybe you change out the vegetable, right? If it's on a weekly basis or a couple times per week recommended, maybe you change out the protein, maybe you change out the grain so you can keep the same structure of that meal, but just add variety. So instead of just white rice, maybe you try farro, maybe you try quinoa as your grain. And that alone is going to enhance the experience because you're really changing it up and it's not going to get boring. Now, eating seasonally is a great way to add variety while also supporting the environment and the economy. So if you're somebody who would like to contribute more to sustainability efforts and really want to also save money because usually seasonally, seasonal foods are going to be cheaper because they're in season. So that's more of an incentive to do that. And then you also get to work with what's in season. And again, that develops a deeper connection to the food that you're eating. And you can be really proud and excited about the food, knowing that it's seasonal, that you're also supporting local farmers and things like that. And to me, that's really important as far as really being connected to your food. It's so important that yes, food is fuel. However, we all know that there's more to food than just being fuel. There's such an emotional connection, memories and cultural connection to food. And so it's so important that we allow that to be part of the experience. And we don't just get caught up in the hype of you just got to eat this thing and then just shove it in your mouth and be done with it. It's like, no, you really want to embrace the experience so that you can increase your satisfaction when you're more satisfied and fulfilled with what you're eating, you're going to be less likely to binge and snack on mindless snacking because you're going to be fulfilled and satisfied with what you're eating. And that's the goal. So principle number five is to add variety to your meals. Principle number six, prioritize protein and veggies. This is such an easy thing for you to do that requires no extra effort. So here's what you do when creating and eating your meals. All you got to do is prioritize eating your protein and veggies first. That's it. So don't go to the carbs first. And otherwise, focus on getting your protein and veggies in first. This ensures that you're getting the necessary nutrients, vitamins, and amino acids you need to optimize your metabolism and your performance. Protein helps to support lean muscle mass and keeps you fuller longer, and veggies supply the fiber and nutrients to support gut health and overall well-being. Here's the thing. When you eat those things first, you're going to probably get fuller faster, and then if you have room for the carbs, you can eat them. And if you feel satisfied and full without eating all of the carbs, then just listening to your body is really important and stopping before you get stuffed 
is really important in developing a deeper connection to your body and really learning those hunger and fullness cues and developing that connection, which is the key to intuitive eating, which most people are scared about because they don't trust themselves. And it really can be a liberating practice when you finally step into intuitive eating. However, a big first step of it is really learning to honor your body's hunger and fullness cues. And when it comes to prioritizing protein and veggies, they're very filling. So I say this because it's so important that you make sure that you get those things in to support your body in optimal health. It's not that you can't have carbs and you can absolutely finish your carbs if you have that room for it. But what most people are doing is they're eating carbs and they're more likely processed carbs first. And then they get stuffed and sluggish from those carbs. And then what they leave on the plate is maybe some protein or maybe some veggies. And we want to just switch the order in which we eat. Really, it's that simple. No need to harp on this. But this is such an important principle that you can just swap literally in your next meal. Instead of focusing on your carbs first, eat your protein and veggies first, assess how you feel, and then continue on forward based off how you feel. Principle number seven is to stay hydrated. We all know the importance of hydration, especially as athletes, and hydration is important to regulate body temperature, to keep joints lubricated, prevent infections, deliver nutrients to cells, keep organs functioning properly. I mean, we are primarily made of water, so it's so important that we are hydrating. And being well hydrated also improves our, sweet, our sleep quality, our cognition, our mood. It affects us physically and mentally. Now, a quick recommendation here is to just aim to drink 0.5 to 1 ounce per pound of body weight to maintain an adequate baseline hydration level. Of course, there's more to the hydration conversation. You know, again, every body is different. So people will require more or less. Again, how often you're working out, all of that plays a factor. But this is just a general guideline, especially if you're somebody who's not even drinking water at all and you're relying on maybe diet soda or energy drinks. We got to cut that crap out. We really need to start adding water in. So again, I don't believe in just saying that you can't have something and restricting yourself to something. We have a natural rebellious tendency as human beings to want to double down on what people say we can't do. So to prevent that from happening, I want you to think about adding in water to what you're already doing. Forget about whatever you're already drinking and just focus on adding water in. And what it will do is it will naturally crowd out the other things. So you will notice that as you begin to add more water in, naturally your energy is going to increase and you're not going to feel like you're needing to rely on these other things that you've been using as a crutch for energy, such as caffeine, coffee, tea, whatever it is. This is a really simple hack that you can start doing. And one of the things that I often share with my students is say, for instance, you have a Diet Coke before you drink your Diet Coke, drink one glass of water. And if you're still desiring that Diet Coke, go ahead and drink it. But at least you can rest assured knowing that you have some water and you hydrated yourself and you prioritize that first 
for your well-being, for your performance. And if you desire to have the caffeine or whatever it is, you can still do that. But just try this one out and hear me out on this one, okay? So whenever you have a non-water-related beverage, drink water first, and then you can turn to the other beverage and see how you feel. You may be surprised that you don't actually drink as much as you normally do because the water is actually what your body needed. Principle number eight, permissive over restrictive language. This is one of my favorites, and this is really coming back to more so the mindset around food and the language and way in which we speak to ourselves around food. Changing your internal dialogue around food is essential in developing a healthy relationship with food and your body. So instead of using restrictive language that I spoke to earlier by telling yourself, I can't have X, use permissive language of I get to have. Viewing food from a lens of permission gives you the power of autonomy. And that's something that is truly so powerful, is to know that you have choice in every single moment and that there's nothing off limits. You get to choose, in this case, what you're eating. And you that choice gets to be from a place of alignment of the version of you that you want to step into. It's so incredibly empowering to make an empowered decision to choose what you want to eat on your own terms. So the key here is, again, permission. Giving yourself permission because that's all that it is. Sometimes we think that it's external people that need to give us that permission. Our our coach and our trainer, whatever it is, needs to be the one that tells us, oh, you're allowed to have this on your diet. That is absolutely toxic. You are in control of you. You are self-governing. You have self-sovereignty. That means you get to have choice of what you are putting in your body. You can tell yourself that all foods are allowed. No foods are off limits. But just because all foods are allowed doesn't necessarily mean that you want to choose junk food and processed food 100% of the time because it's allowed because it's not aligned with the version of you that you want to step into. So there is some discernment here that only you can do for yourself. Because yes, 100%, you can eat pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for the rest of your life. 100%, you have the ability and permission to do that. But do you want to do that based off the goals that you have? That's really the question you have to ask yourself. So the internal dialogue is really important. And it's just a small switch of around, instead of saying you can't have something, notice when that comes out of your mouth and shifting it to, I get to have this. I absolutely can and get to have this, but... Is it aligned with what I need in this moment and how I desire to feel in the moments after I eat this? And then you get to just answer that question for yourself and then take that aligned and empowered action accordingly. The final principle that I want to share with you is principle number nine, which is using the 80-20 approach. I know there's some controversy over this, but I don't really stick to the you know, finer details of, oh, 80%, 20% and doing the math on my plate. No, that's not what this is about. It's the general idea about moderation basically is the concept here and the principle here. The 80-20 approach teaches you about balance, moderation, and indulging without guilt. 
The idea is to prioritize clean whole foods 80% of the time to ensure that your body is getting the adequate nutrients it needs to thrive and to perform while allowing yourself to enjoy a few indulgences 20% of the time in order to maintain a balanced mindset towards food and nutrition. This is critical. So this one is really important for my all or nothing thinkers, those perfectionist thinkers or the ones that really beat themselves up around sticking to a diet Monday through Friday, completely perfect. And then the weekend goes batshit crazy and there's chaos and all hell's breaking loose in regard to your relationship with food and the foods that you're choosing. And then you feel guilt and shame coming back into Monday because you fell off your plan. That is very toxic and that's not a healthy, sustainable relationship with food. And I know that you know that if you're experiencing that, or if you have experienced that, you know how it makes you feel towards your relationship to yourself. And it's not something that we literally desire to do, right? It's something that we're always trying to break free from to liberate ourselves in our relationship to food. And this is a really easy principle to integrate, to do that 80, 20 approach, because it's not about the action you take in one single moment. That's going to change the game as far as you gaining weight or falling off track, right? Which is people's biggest fears. So what I mean by that is if you have one cookie, right, that's not going to make you gain 20 pounds and you're going to lose all your progress and you're not going to perform well and all of that. It's the sum of our habits that dictate our outcome and our reality. So it's what you're doing most often that's going to have the greatest impact and effect on the outcome and the results. So that's why this 80-20 approach is really important because if you are prioritizing clean whole foods 80% of the time, that is what's going to give you your produced and desired results. Not the 20% of the time, but that's often what we fixate on or what we're doing is 80% of the time is unhealthy processed foods, and we're only eating healthy foods 20% of the time. So of course, weight gain will happen. Of course, sluggishness will happen. Poor digestion will happen when junk food and processed food is what we're prioritizing 80% of the time. So start switching that narrative, 80% healthy, 20% your favorite indulgences, and 100% you will be able to reach your goals with ease And most importantly, without stress and without guilt, because it's, again, coming back to the idea that I'm so passionate about teaching is you get to have all of the foods that you desire because food is, in my eyes, honestly, a spiritual experience. I literally view food as a spiritual experience because I'm nourishing my body, my mind, my soul. And so the decisions I make around food are literally to align with that. Like I ask myself, what's going to nourish me on a deeper level, not just about nutrients, but the whole aspect, the holistic aspect around food, right? And if there's any negative mindset around that, like, oh, I can't have this or I can't have that, that's hurting me in some way, right? Maybe my soul because I'm restricting myself and I'm being mean towards myself and I'm criticizing and I'm creating all these boxes and restrictions that I need to work around. Liberate yourself. Allow food to be easy. It gets to be easy. And I honestly believe that just by following these nine principles, your life will radically transform in relationship to food. And so I'm so excited to hear what your biggest takeaways were. 
I'd love to know what principle that you're going to start integrating and taking away right now into your life. Feel free to tag us on Body by Boss, sharing whatever principle you're going to take away so we can hold you accountable. If you want to shoot me a private message, please do. I would love to support you in that. And I hope that you love this episode and I will see you in the next one. Have an amazing day.